Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of a rainbow. Weirdness and experimentation in music is always a tricky thing because it's very easy to go too far and make music that is so unlistenable to many listeners. And it's also easy to make music that indeed is pushing a lot of musical boundaries, but to no meaningful end, meaning the end product doesn't really come together into a cohesive statement that says anything of substance or anything coherently. Luckily for us, listeners of Fatboy Sharif and No Face's latest album, Preaching in Havana, none of the above applies. Havana is a true mindfuck of an album that is unbelievably stunning, and I'm pleased to welcome the creators of this record, Fatboy Sharif and No Face, to explain how the hell this twisted record was made. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. How's it going, Sharif and No Face? What's up? Yeah, my man. Chilling. What's good with you? I replied my brains in a hybrid of pain. You called the facts, so let me explain. The change unhonorable, force-filled karma noose. Rayman spared the villain in a former suit. Grenades around ledge. PTSD particles, sight God in his cosmics, light veil, sparkling honest, the eight-year-old with a pipe bomb by his prizes. Man, I'm doing I'm doing great. I love this album. I'm so excited to to have you guys on. And I'm excited to have you on, Shree, for the second time and then No Face for the first. I've been a big fan of both of you guys. And yeah, just just super pumped with what we're gonna be talking about because this album is just special. Like I was uh I was able to get I think gang sent me the the advance on this and I've so I've sat with this for quite a while. Like I think it's been I don't know, a few months, at least a few months. And like I just feel like this is an album that couldn't have been created by anybody else except like you two specifically, because yeah, like it has the the production style that I know no face you're known for, and then the lyrical style that Sharif you're known for, but like you guys together, it just brought everything to another level. Like, I don't think you could have made this with someone else if you tried to do this. Like, it's just, I've never heard anything that like embodies madness and like twisted surrealism quite like preaching in Havana. So just mega props to you for that. Mega props. Nah, I appreciate you, bro. Nah, it's definitely, uh, shout out to everybody who been supporting the album so far. Like, it's, it's, it's dope because when we first was making it, and especially more like the post-production, <clears throat> we were saying to each other, we was like, yo, people going to bug out when they hear it. And it's dope because everybody seemed to get it. Like, yeah. to me, everybody, everybody seemed to get it and embrace what we were going for. So, 
that's always a blessing for sure. Yeah, like this album is pretty batshit crazy in a lot of moments. It's like really not like anything I've heard before. And it's so distinct that like I feel it had to have been conceived with like a clear intent in mind. Like this doesn't sound like something you could have just like stumbled upon using a beat pack and then throwing some rhyme together one day. Like it it sounds like you really had like a particular vision. So I want to get into that. Like what were you trying to go for when making preaching in Nirvana? Well, it's funny. Um, I'll take, I'll answer that going back to like when me and No Fish first link. Literally, like I met him through uh, Lone Sword. So <laughs> they was cool. Yeah. They was working yeah. on a bunch of stuff. And it's funny, I remember Lone Sword and Drawbot, they both came to me like, yo, you got to uh, meet this dude, uh, No Face. I think you'll sound fire over his beats or whatever. He's fire. And me and No Face first started talking on like IG, like in the DMs. Because mm. the, the the last concept album that he did all the beats on, I was a fan of that. So when we started speaking, I'm like, oh, this is the guy who did those. And we kind of just hit it off. For is some that, are you talking about what's done in the dark? Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck, that's so good. That's one of concepts best. Like, yeah, now nah, for sure. And we kind of just hit it off from that. Like, on some yo, I I fuck with you. This project is dope. Then yo, he was a fan of Gandhi and Cyber City. Yo, that's this or that. So we set up to link up in the city. So he was like, yo, I'm gonna come down to New York next link. We linked that Lone Sword crib, and it's funny because. Kind of like when me and Rover, like me and No Fist kind of hit it off musically from the gate. And it's crazy because I'll say definitely from like the first, within the first two sessions, we got some of the best songs from the project. Mm. So first, we got songs like Parasite. We got songs like Static Vision, just from linking up like once to one or two, even like John Hinckley. I think that might have been the third session we had just on some talking he showed me a beat and it's like oh this is dope i got something for this like type thing so yeah it came like for sure it definitely came pretty easy and i think uh like the, the concept uh you know we did sort of come up with a concept that uh guided or informed like the album uh a lot from an early point but um, it all sort of came just very naturally. I think even the Havana, like uh, the preaching in Havana, sort of all of that came from maybe like the second time me and uh, me and Sharif met and we were at Lung's Crib and we were talking about uh, Havana and we were talking about Cuba, um, like already, I think. And Lung's had been to Cuba for some reason and i've also been to cuba i'm i'm actually cuban uh oh, okay a, a low key uh so <laughs> i i know we were already sort of talking about that and you know we're just hanging out um and i think after maybe we had like the first like the first demo or the first song we're all listening to it at, at lungs in lungs room in lone Sword's house and uh uh yeah we we sort of came up with the 
I, I think Sharif said it sounds like, uh, you know, like preaching in uh, preaching in the middle of Havana or something. And then, you know, no, from there. No, no, you remember we was talking. And, yeah. Well, we was talking, really, we was talking about everything that was going on at the time. So like COVID yeah. and everything that was going on with the protests and Lungs was like, yo, I wish I could uh, move to uh, Havana and get away from all of this bullshit. Yeah, I, I looked at you like, yo, preaching in Havana. That's gonna be the name of the album. Like, and we kind of put the concept around that and that thought and idea. Yeah, it all came together from there. What What is the con? You were saying like earlier that the the concept for the album kind of came together pretty early on when you guys were recording. Like, what what would you say that concept is? Well, the when we said I preach in Havana, I'm, we kind of wanted, wanted to go off and give our opinion on what's been going on in the world for the past few years. Just this whole circulation of hysteria, people scared if they go and make it to the next day with everything that was going on with, like I said, COVID, the police protests, uh, yeah. unemployment, people losing their housing. Now, and this was like, People, this was the end of 2020 when uh, oh, okay. we, we first met. Yeah, December people, 2020. People even going crazy over social media now. Like, it's Twitter going to explode and all of that type of stuff. Like, so we're still in it. We're we, still relevant. And literally, like to me, the Havana aspect is when you think of what people think of. It's, it's celebrated for being like an amazing place. Like a lot of celebrities go there. A lot of people go there to chill and vibe out and get away from stuff. And we kind of wanted to put like a flip side on that title and that thought. No, that's cool. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, like this album definitely like kind of exemplifies or like puts in the, puts it really clearly like all that madness, all that chaos, all that, that fear, a lot of that fear. And just like you just that sinking feeling that something's not right and you're going to pay something. And uh, I think you guys did a great job of like putting that forward on a, on an album, uh, especially because the album's not like it's not very long, but it just packs so much into it. Like I never leave the album being like, damn, I just wish you guys would have added more tracks or like made this huh. a bit like more fleshed out. Like it feels very much like you guys like realized the 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 ideas you were going for. Nah, yeah, definitely. For sure, for sure. And so these these beats, you know, these beats particularly, they feature like, you know, a ton of mm -hmm. sound play and generally mm -hmm. are just beats that like often on this album, I'm like, I don't really understand like what you were even thinking. Like what <laughs> what could you really been looking at where you're like, ah, oh, this makes sense to put this on that. Um yeah. so like what did the creative process look like when you were making beats for this album? And like, were there any main points of inspiration or influence that you drew from? That's a great question. Uh, I think, honestly, it, it starts um, a lot of the the beats and the instrumentals you hear on the album started, I think, really just uh, like before I even met Sharif, some of them. I had like an early idea of uh, uh, 
what that beat was going to be or what a lot of the beats were going to be. And I think uh, just as usual, you know, like I've been making music for almost 10 years. I'm coming up on a 10 year anniversary. So uh, I think I'm just already kind of trying to make the the most uh, the most abstract stuff I can think of. Um, I think, uh, you know, I've for many, many years, like been making beats and, and working with different MCs and other artists on various levels. But really, like what it comes down to is, you know, all of this music is therapy. All of this music is an outlet uh, for me, at least, and for Sharif, uh, I, I think as well, to sort of uh, express our emotions and try to get out, you know, whatever, you know, maybe we have like a certain feeling of, of dread or fear, or there's like some imminent sort of looming. I think personally, I've, uh, I've honed like my uh, technical aspects of uh, my work enough to where like I, I can pretty much I can pretty much express uh, how I'm feeling pretty fluidly yeah and uh, you know I don't really think about all the technical aspects I don't think about um, oh you know like four four you know kick snare patterns I need to do this I need to make this beat for this person um, I think I, I tend to just start really in like an emotional or you know uh more of a personal place and so i think there was a lot of like already scary sounding loops and i I met sharif and he heard some of those and he was like oh what the fuck and uh you know a lot of it some beats got made from there a lot of the beats got arranged and fleshed out and uh or maybe you know sharif would tell me like Sharif made me slow down the BPM by like half for one of those joints, you know, and Sharif is uh, putting in a lot of uh, input as well. And I think he helped, uh, you know, like flesh those out into longer, like more arranged, um, more like finished beats. And yeah, really. So, you know, like, like Sharif said too, like we just kind of, clicked musically too like like he had a similar kind of vision that i did already when we met so it really like kind of molded together well and it wasn't even like i felt like i i had to go out of my way to like make something totally different for sharif you know like i'm already trying to make something different like don't like, like we don't don't get me wrong like we don't need another knowledge we don't need another alchemist we don't need any of that like i'm i'm not i don't want to hate i'm not i want to talk shit you don't need another you know like soul sample flipping producer like you know like if i'm gonna flip the sample i'm gonna do it my way so i think it's a lot of it is just kind of like my own insanity that i've been sort of uh channeling for the past 10 years and yeah, man, it comes from, like Sharif was saying, like you said, it comes from real places, real 
fear and, uh, you know, paranoia amongst other things. No, that's really interesting. I'll just say that I'm definitely going to clip that and say that no face says alchemist and knowledge are trash. And I'm just going to clip that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Tell yeah. them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that should be the headline. Please For sure. But no, that that's actually that that makes a lot of sense. And I, I love the way you kind of put that because it sounds like you guys are like flushing out those fears and that dread, that paranoia, like through the music. It's kind of like a detoxification like you're like you said it's kind of music is like therapy in that way that's uh that's really interesting i love the layering and like the way this album flows from start to finish like it feels like a lot of these songs have like even just on like a two minute joint they have like a bunch of little different little movements different pieces all into one track so like yeah kind of you kind of touched on it just before like how do these beats like end up the way they are? Are they do they start off as like smaller pieces that you're like, oh damn, this could look good if you arrange them together? Or do you make these with like all of the pieces in mind all at once? It's it's kind of both. I already the method uh I usually you know go with is when I when I'm making anything is uh you know kind of like an intense layering. Like sometimes I'll have like 20 samples in one project and then, you know, I sort of just start from there and like piece together what I think sounds good. Um, sometimes I'll start stuff like that. Uh, and the 20 samples, it might just be like completely arbitrary, like whatever I found on my computer um, or like that morning was inspired uh, to listen to or, or thought sounded good. So I, I you know, I do make music in like a, a very kind of like whimsical way. I don't use sample kits. I don't use packs. I don't use any of that sort of stuff. I just sort of like immediately attack like whatever I'm feeling. Hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, I do have um, then what, what makes Havana even more uh, special really is like me and Sharif really sat down at a certain point. We, we had all, we had rough versions of all the songs recorded. And at, at one point we sat down together in my studio. And uh, this was probably like uh, April or May of 2021. So pretty much the rough album is coming together. Um, and, and we sat down and, and I pretty much like picked out, um, I had a bunch of old gospel records, a, a lot of old vinyls in my collection just at home. And I had some other samples in my computer that had sort of been sitting around. And I, I had some rare, like weird psychedelic radio broadcast uh, preacher stuff that was, uh, I didn't really know what to do with and then it, it became like very obvious I think in that moment so there was really one day where I sat down with Sharif we put uh the 11 tracks into one project file um so like running to straight continuous like 21 minutes mm-hmm. however long it is and uh we really just went crazy and and I did uh scratches and delay and like effects, I added a lot of like vinyl samples, um, other 
like I said, yeah, recordings I had on my computer. I added a, a bunch of the stuff on top, which really like laced the album with, uh, I think, a theme of sort of preaching and like, you know, there's a lot of like talking samples straight up. Like yeah. after I die, where am I going? Heaven or hell? Like, and there's a lot of like just preaching, like actual samples of some preacher records, some old weird gospel records I had. Um, and that's all just straight up from that day. So that really, I think uh, thematically and like in general, just ties the whole album together really well. And like, I'm, you know, I don't even know uh, how I did it uh, to be, you know, perfectly honest, but uh, I think uh, also mushrooms are like hey. uh, totally see yeah, that. very, very helpful in the process. I ran for mushrooms, y'all. Yeah. Mushrooms are edibles all day long. Man, like those, those skits, I love the way you said that, how like the like it really does tie everything together because that's one of the like the the most like strongest ways this album like just really fucks with my mind is those like like the Ken Nordine uh, skits like all these weird mm. yeah like those like radio preachers like you mentioned like it's just yeah it just does something it makes me feel so uncomfortable like it genuinely uh -huh. does it's just like oh what is he saying and it also like this album straight up introduced me to that dude because like when I, because mm. I remember I tweeted about it and then people put me on like, oh, you got to listen to this guy. And then when I look in my iTunes, like I actually already had a project, the the, the most iconic one, like the first word jazz. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh shit, I've heard, because I'm sure I like back in the day heard that this was an album you have to listen to. And I did not even have it like uh, synced on any like device of mine. I guess I just ignored it once I got it. But this is a... Uh, yeah, props to you guys for introducing me because that is just one of my some of my favorite music. It's so fucking weird, um, and I think it, it really added a nice touch. Magic Troy seconds, refuse necklace, bullet shells, put holes through detectives between view presence. For you, Sharif, like these beats obviously like don't feature traditional pockets necessarily. Sometimes they're pretty disjointed, sparse, arrhythmic, even. Like what as a rapper, like what do you see in these beats that made you think like, oh, this is perfect for me? This is the right kind of beat for me that I want to rap over. Nah, it's funny you said that, like, because <laughs> I remember I was, <laughs> we were joking before, and me, like, same with Fence, like, I've been recording, like, going on 10 years. So, to me, I've literally heard mostly every type of beat that you can use. Like, to me, I don't get excited by just, like, a regular just boom-bap beat anymore. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my whole thing now, when I connect with a producer, is just like, yo, give me something that's going to challenge me. Give me a beat that I'm gonna hear and be like, yo, how the hell can I rap to that? Like, and to me, that makes no, that makes the rewarding of certain songs so much greater. Like when I first heard the Nazi Needle Marks beat, I sat on that for like a good month and a half and just slept to it and listened to it. And once I came up with the floor, I wrote it. I'm like, oh, 
This song is brilliant. Like, <laughs> even a song like Parasite. Like, and that was a crazy one because Face kind of brought that beat to me as kind of like more of a full beat. Like, it had the drum pattern, it had the, the regular tempo. And I told him, I'm like, yo, on this album, the gloves is off. So I'm like, fuck this beat up. I'm like, do me a favor. I'm like, slow the drum pack. I'm like, slow the loop all the way down. Take the drums out and put the drum in random spots. And I'm going to write to that to make like a flow to it. <laughs> and he was like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. So he did that. And that was another song that like, I wrote to it. And when, when we nailed it, I was like, yo, it's no song that's like this. <laughs> like, Man, this for real. The I love he said, yo, fuck this beat up. Because that's exactly like kind of what I feel like you guys are doing. I'm like, okay, this doesn't. There's no way you just decided to do this. And that's a Nazi needle marks. Yeah, that's probably my favorite joint on the whole album. Cause that's like the most, uh, that's just like, it, it's like really great raps, but then you're like, the singing is like, and like with the beat, it's just like, I don't understand what kind of genre of music this is. Cause it's like really classical in a way. It's like, it feels like it's laughter. It's so good, man. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> We definitely went into it on some like to me, like, and I was just telling saying this to all uh, next movement when I was talking to them, like for me, like and for face, we both been studying music so long and just a fan of overall music. To me, every few years or generations, to me, you always get certain projects that's that's so dope that it switches kind of like how people look at certain music and people, 100%. people look at music like, Oh, wow. I didn't know people. I didn't know. I didn't, I never heard nothing like that. I didn't know you could do that. We So to me, that's the way Havana, we were trying to, we want to inspire the next generation of musicians that if somebody hear it, who's the next thir 13, 14 year old producer, the next 14 year old MC, like we went through the head of the like, wow, this is what they doing. I think I can even take it further than that. <laughs> like, I think I can create my own world. Like, and it's for me, it's always certain albums that that have had have moved me to the point that I've heard from an album like uh Purple Rain for Prince, uh the first Bad Brains album, uh X Military from Death Grips, uh, Black Up from Shabazz Palaces, mm. uh, all of those uh, Downward Spiral from Nine Inch Nails. Like, forever, I'll remember when I first heard them and what they did to me that I was like, yo, musically, I gotta keep pushing forward. Like, I gotta accomplish this feeling musically for me that these people did for me. So, no, I think you guys definitely achieved that because there's a lot of times where I listen to sounds, especially that first, those first few listens where I was just like so like enamored with how different it was. And I don't think it was different in a way where it's like you guys are just, you're just different and it sounds terrible. I'm like, this is working though. Like this is, you guys are nailing whatever this is, you know, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. It's not just fascinating because it's weird, you know, like yeah. uh, that, that's real. Terrible is awful. Yeah. I I hate different terrible like <laughs> yeah yeah it hit that that's a different kind literally a different kind of terrible uh it's not a gimmick yeah it's exactly not a gimmick at all. 
Yeah, like just as you were saying, like those skits and like those those dialogue pieces you layered on, like it wasn't just oh, it sounds weird. Like it fit in with the the vibe that you're going for with the album. Like that's that's what I think separates this album, just kind of in general. You know, so like ever since Gandhi loves children dropped, you dropped Cyber uh, with uh, Lone Sword. Yeah, I feel yeah. like your music and your rapping in particular has particularly gotten more kind of abstract kind of you've worked with like in vocal inflections you're like holding different like syllables more often like i think it's just getting weirder and weirder and i think it's kind of manifests itself on preaching Havana. what what why do you feel like you've been gravitating towards this more eccentric or like distinct brand of rapping not a funny thing to me like i've always been like that <laughs> like and to me even if you heard the ape twin project before cyber city it was reminiscent of it there where mm. a song like uh, Cloud Atlas or a song like Lazarus Taxa or even like Egyptian Mermaid Lust. Like that was the first time he had Roper worked, like 2014, 2015. And you get into Gandhi and even with Gandhi having joints like the Fly Pelicans, the Smithsonian's that everybody attracted to, it still has its stigmatas and jack-o'-lantern sculptures. So yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Even like so to me it just kind of casually just keeps growing and growing and growing <laughs> yeah the whenever i think of like the the last couple projects from you i think of that jack-o'-lantern song because that's like really like the the sign of what's to come where i feel like you just took this like impressionistic style of rapping to like another level and i think it's just elevated you know it's crazy really like, obviously a big fan um and I want to go to to like something related to like the post-production because I think that's like a really big key in this album, given like all the sound play, all of the different like kind of like dialogue and stuff. And I understand that gang was key in that um in that part of the album. So like particularly for you, No Face, but also Sharif, like what was the what was the importance of him working on that post-production in terms of like achieving the atmosphere and like the vibe that you were going for with this album. Shout out to Big uh, shout out to Big Vegas. Yes. Big Vegas Khan PTP the one and only. Now it, um, it was kind of like was, I remember earlier, probably when we finished the project, I like gang just hear it. Or some like we chilling, we in the studio. Yeah, I let Gang hear it, and we listened to it in the studio, and he like, yo, this is dope. What's good with this? Like, what y'all doing with it? Like, and from there, we was talking about putting it out on PTP and him mixing and mastering, because he was basically just like, y'all, I see where y'all going with this. I can take it to the next level, like, and for me being a fan, just of his music, and from King Vision Ultra to everything else he worked on, I was like, yeah, to me, he's the only guy that can, he's the only guy that gets this, like. And like, yeah, I find his, uh, I find his, um, uh, his, his kind of like track record, particularly on like an unknown infinite, like that was like another album where dialogue and kind of like warped kind of sampling and stuff like that was a huge part of it. So I could definitely see how that, how that worked out. Um, we, we knew. Uh, he could do something that wasn't a, like 
just a rap album, just a hip hop record. We knew he was already doing unconventional stuff. Mm-hmm. So Sharif thought it would work and it worked better than better than either of us expected, I think. How what was the how did it sound com- compared to uh I guess when he took it from where he took it, when you guys finished it off roughly to where he took it at the end, like how big was that difference between when he touched it to after? I think there's a big difference. Um, Honestly, the main thing is with the vocal. Uh, I think the vocals before were just completely unmixed. It was definitely like hard to, I think it was hard to understand what Sharif was saying in, in some portions, just because there was literally like no mix, nothing on the vocal track, nothing at all. Um, Sharif also like tends to already push the boundaries in terms of recording. Like Sharif will, will be in a session and like Sharif will do a, a two vert, like a, a verse and then a, a dub or ad lib track. And then he'll do like another ad lib track where he stands like six feet away from the mic on the <laughs> opposite side of the room and just like screams like in oh, the direction yeah. of the mic. And then like, that'll get layered on top of the, the verse too. So really like in terms of just the vocals, like it's, it was a world of difference and like gang brought out and I think revealed a lot of the stuff which we had recorded and Sharif had done and like it was already there but it was just really like muddy. And, uh, and you know, like some of the ideas Sharif might've had in terms of like uh, warping his voice or like sort of, you know, changing the intonation or the, the, uh, the, the speed, like I think Gang like took those ideas and like ran with it even to the next level. And Gang was adding, he was like pitching up, uh, ad lib tracks and like sort of like putting like you know there's like uh part of a verse that like turns into this weird like robotic uh like singing by the end of it you know just because of all the effects that like gang sort of uh transformed uh that one that just that one track of sharif's voice right it's like not even the main uh verse it's not the Mm -hmm. main vocals on the song but so you know Gang really did um, put in a lot of work and, and we went to his studio uh, pretty much this whole last summer. It was like a, a couple months, two, three months of us sitting down with Gang. And Gang, yeah, he, he saw the vision. He saw it perfectly. And he like really, I think, heard a lot of those little details and he paid attention to like, really paid attention to what was there because all, all the samples were already there, all the talking, like I said, all the beats and, and Sharif's uh, performance as well, you know, like this crazy stuff he's doing. So, you know, Gang really just, I think, cleaned the whole thing up and like helped it, you know, deliver uh, the message like in- yeah. infinitely, like, uh, you know, so, like a hundred times better, really. And, and he like, on the creative side too, you know, he did tweak out a bunch of, you know, like I said, he he might put a, a big crusher on one one ad lib on, on one 
track on Sharif's uh, vocals, just like one little piece. And then he might have like put this a little bit of delay or like filter out the high end of the, the end of my beat, like when it's it's fading out. Yeah, he, he killed it. I think he really like he it's weird because the whole album really came together like uh, very, very naturally. And like even like me as a producer, I'm like scared to hand off the stems. I'm scared to work with the, the mix engineer, the, the mastering guy, you know, because I have my own. I got a pretty like specific vision, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like pretty picky just personally. But I think it's pretty uh, notable that all three of you, because I'm including gang in this. Yeah. I feel like you all kind of have a similar, from what I've kind of encountered through all, like interacting with all of you guys and your music, that you have a similar kind of maybe worldview or just kind of like an affinity for certain sounds. So it kind of makes sense that you guys can all somehow naturally, because you guys keep saying like naturally this, naturally that he was able to take what your vision was that you guys had created initially and just add on to it in a way that was like consistent. It wasn't like changing it up, tweaking in a way that kind of like defied what you guys were going for. And I really like what he did with the vocals. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, he changed it up in, but it was in the perfect way. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah, I, I can't think of enough of what he did. Like, I bug out when I hear just like the ad libs and how he mixed the hybrid ad libs, where he got them scattering in certain pitches. Even like the beginning of the Nazi yeah. and putting on firing squad. Like, he definitely, he definitely showed why he's like one of the best at what he do. For sure. Yeah, man, the ad libs need to need to shine because you're you're one of the ad lib kings. Like I think in the rat in the rap game right now, like you you SD knack you yeah. SD knack have some of like just top of my head some of my favorite ad libs. Like just audacious shouldn't should just shouldn't work but do <laughs> like and I love it. I love it. All right, man, this has been a great convo. I want to end it with this. Like, what are your what's your favorite track? Pick one and why. I would say I, I'm gonna make it two. Okay. It's a it's a spider web centerpiece. So to me, like if someone hears static vision and fitting on firing squad, that kind of mm. starts the whole embodiment of what we was wanted to go with the album. <laughs> to me. It's a good choice. Yeah. Uh that that's well said. I I I might also pick Fentanyl Firing Squad. Just really crazy song. I, th- I was like almost crying listening to that song the other day. So, wow. oh, thank God you. damn, man. Yeah. He was crying. It's real, bro. It's, re- it's real. You, you hear that song, man? And, you know, if you listen, you can hear the, the, the actual loop of that beat is like some real melancholy, heartbroken 2021 beats right there too. Man, yeah, it really, this whole album really, I really can hear that this came out of like that whole, those last couple years for the world that's been obviously very trying with the pandemic. Like it really is like a nice soundtrack soundtrack for the times, I guess you could say. Um, For me, I'd say Nazi Needlemarks. I think I mentioned it earlier. That's my favorite. I just yeah. like that's just on another level of like how ver- like how how it does so much on one track like it's like 
got this like really nice like classical melody to it. it almost sounds like you're like performing on stage but it's mm. all really dark though it's not half there's not something's not right again like all the sounds something's something not is right not about right this. something is not right <laughs> and i love that oh I'll, man yeah I'll, I'll thank you thank you shout out my brothers from from james grip lungs and feet they definitely came and gave like two verses ever oh my god yeah that we gotta mention that quick like yeah He's those a, are oh. truly they're some of their best features that lungs one that thick one thick one man those are definitely two of the best songs as well like those are those yeah. kind of nicely break out like because you have like the the more like sparse and like really atmospheric kind of kind of songs but then those ones are the ones that hit a bit harder like just more kind of like jolt you especially the thick one like that beat is just bangs it's just like that just goes really hard like uh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good uh good pace for the um AP4 shout out grip. yeah shout out grip shout out grip yeah oh yeah okay well i really appreciated this conversation this was so dope to get that kind of kind of insight kind of like validate some of the things i've been thinking about this album as i've been listening to it over the past few months and congratulations this is one of the best of the year one of the truly one of the most unique albums i've heard period and definitely some the most unique thing i've heard and kind of in the last few years so thank you yeah, bro. well done thanks for coming on appreciate okay. that man. much love much love to my man rohan much love to canada let's get it yeah shout out canada yeah yeah all right peace out guys have a good one thank you Will a fortune lost tune? Alien invasion at the ballroom. Passion forth through. We left the block party. Describe fools who knew better. We traded honor for that thin slice of cheddar. Sweet childish. I will play like that. Burn village in search of my masters. Between chapters, I will play like the Burn village in search of my master. So there we have it. Another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levi, Steel to Dove, Kakoa, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, 
Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Kian, Slumber Logic, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.